a Radio 191 FM podcast. Mr. Speaker. All right, Maureena, it is time for your Monday politics with John and Vivian. Maureena, to you both. Good morning, Jamie. You're okay, too. How are we all? Pretty good. That's good. And you, Vivian? Not too bad, just ticking away, you know. Yeah, as you do, mate. As you do, the heart keeps on ticking. Yeah, it's the business end of semester, so sort of, uh, it's good to have it keep ticking away. Yep. Oh, yeah, <laughs> the business end. God, how you yep. going? Uh, not too bad. I've got a hell of an exam schedule. Yeah. Of four exams in six days, which is oh, just what you want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's that's great. Well, you get all the, get all the hard stuff out of, out of the way now and then relax for those days. Yeah. It's the last six days, though, which is... Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, oh, which God. is uh, not what you want. Love Saturday exams, though. That's all part of it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, what a great part of it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, we better talk about some politics. Uh, New Zealand has another Christian-centred party with Destiny Church leaders uh, Hannah and Brian Tamaki launching the Coalition New Zealand Party with Hannah at the helm. Uh, and National MP uh, Alfred Naro um, thinking about launching his own Conservative Christian Party. Um, also making... You know, there could be two um, two different options for the Christian vote. Um, let's start with the Christian party, uh, the coalition party. Sorry, I guess um, not much really to tell, though, is there, John? Uh, no, it's very early days. Um, I, I think what's most interesting um, about this new party that clearly comes from Destiny Church, so with uh, Hannah Tamaki and Brian Tamaki being the leadership of the Evangelical Destiny Church, is that. Um, Hannah is the new Hannah Tamaki is the new leader, uh, so that's interesting in and of itself that it's not Brian Tamaki. And when she has been interviewed on TV um, and when she's made comments about this new party, she's very much presenting it in quite broad centrist terms. She's not presenting this party as a hardline uh, fundamentalist Christian party, and she's not presenting it as a party of. Uh, the Destiny Church. Um, so she's very much concentrating on, interestingly enough, on economic issues, uh, such as to do with housing uh, and, and on immigration issues. So she wants immigration cut right back. Uh, she she was uh, um, showed her ignorance when she thought there was only uh, possibly two thousand people immigrating to New Zealand yeah, uh, each year rather than <laughs> thousands. Uh, but she said she wanted yeah cut back. Almost to nothing. So she's like, uh, so she thought there was two thousand people coming in, and that was far too much. She needed far to cut too many. Yeah. Cut, it, cut it down from two thousand. Really, there were seventy thousand. And when that was sort of made clear to her on the AM show, just watching her face sort of just not really mind that she got that completely wrong. It was yeah, totally bizarre. But it's a great first policy. Yeah, great, uh, fantastic. Well, I guess they've got to kind of go this way, Vivian. Um, it's not the first time Destiny have had a party no. in the political realm and going for, for um, some role in government. Uh, and the last time didn't work out so well, so maybe they think if it's just if we don't just completely yeah. focus on Destiny Church, it might change things. Exactly. Well, the last time they had one was the Family Party, which they joined up with the City Impact Church in 2008, and they got less than the Bill and Ben party, unfortunately. Uh-huh. Getting a whole, I think it was 12,000 votes, and that's 0.37 of the percent, um, which is a bit of a bugger. But I think but what they're doing now and trying to be different is rather than saying, look, we're a strong Christian party, we're just a 
Christian Values Party, and they're really yep. promoting themselves as look vote for people who believe in these values, as opposed to um, sort of strict, as we've seen, not a lot of detail around policy. Mm. But look, vote for them because they've got the their hearts in the right place and that kind of thing, which I think's um, what they're trying to push at this time, rather than these sort of hardline family values or Christian values. Um, interesting, um, you know, you just mentioned before, John, the 2,000 people, you know, she got that completely mm. wrong. Um, she said something about Labour fast-tracking um, late-term abortions. That was completely wrong. And then she said she'd never said that, and then, you know, um, she did, and they played the tape for her. <laughs> um, you know, also, my, I think my favourite thing so far is when she was with um, Lisa Owen, RNZ, and she was asked, you know, what's your ideal uh, coalition partner, what's your ideal partner? or I think it was partner, or voter, or something something like that. And then she started talking about um, Brian, obviously, but she was like, tall, dark, handsome, great kisser. <laughs> and that's what she said, like, could your ideal partner? Tall, dark, great kisser, is what she oh. said to that. And Lisa had to be like, oh, no, no, no. No, I mean... Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, the question... Uh, clearly, she's not a, a, a polished um, a professional politician. And uh, a lot of political pundits and media, um, uh, etc., are, are writing off this party to say, well, the, 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 the doctor is astute, uh, the Disney church is nutty and loathed by most New Zealanders, so they're, they're going nowhere. However, we live in this new era uh, where uh, non-professional um, politicians are being elected to the highest levels of office and are dominating uh, the political field, whether it's in um, Asia, whether it's in Europe, South America, and, and of course um, in America with Donald Trump. I mean, Donald Trump makes gaffes all the time and, and, and uh, is presented as an absurd figure by his opponents, uh, but he became president of the United States. So I think in this era where people are so cynical about politics, and recent uh, surveys in New Zealand have shown, even with the whole Jacinda Mania phenomena, that the majority of New Zealanders are, New Zealanders are deeply cynical uh, about um, Parliament, about the whole political process, about political parties and political leaders. They have a, they have a very cynical and negative attitude. So... Um, because of that, I believe someone like uh, Hannah Tamaki can, can come in, can step in, and despite her not being, well, I think it's, it's a plus, really, in this new political era, that she doesn't come across as a professional politician who sees everything right and uh, is very controlled in how she speaks in response to the media. She seems, uh, on the face of it, very down to earth. Uh, uh, she's, um, I think she, she's far more likeable than Brian Tumley. Uh And uh, I think she'll be able to draw in possibly a wide range of people. She's already drawn in uh, Jovan Golter, uh, who's a um, rather flamboyant, uh, gay, mouldy um, uh person who was formerly involved in the Mana Party, was the Secretary of Horihawera, um, has been associated with the left at various times, um, more presents himself as a sort of a Milo Yiannopoulos alt-right figure these days. Uh, but yeah, I think this party, especially if they're able to get, um, uh, especially if they're able to get uh, Naro, uh, Alfred Naro, on board in some way, which he's the National Party MP, um, then it could be a real goer. Hmm. I'm very interested by everything you just said then, actually. <laughs> um, 
Oh, I couldn't but agree. I'm, 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 I'm going out on a limb and saying that the vast majority of political pundits and the Wilkinson politics are just writing off this, this new um, party. Mm. Yeah. All right. Um, let's move to Alfred Nardo. Um, so he's looking at forming a party, uh, Vivian. Um, you know, this may or may not be coming from, um, you know, uh, National itself. They need some new friends. Yes, yeah. Uh, you know, they would love to never have to work with Winston ever again. I, I, had, Chris, I had Chris Finlayson in last week, and the first thing he did was rip into Winston. It had nothing to do with anything we were talking about. It Fair was enough. incredible. <laughs> it was incredible. It was uh, the highlight of my week. It was so, he was so funny. Um, but anyway... Um, so national, they need some friends, and they they figure if they can, if if Alfred could get there, um, why not? Yeah, well, I think Alfred's a a great example of a um, a really good um, MP who speaks his mind and really does hold where's his values sort of you know, where you can see them, and he's uh, a guy from like Tiaratu, um in West Auckland. Um, he's got a very good story as to where he's come from and his whole background. Um, but he is, of course, a very staunch Christian. And you can see um, there's a wee bit of discontent um, with uh, voters in that area, and especially around Auckland for National not taking a really strong stance on some conscious, conscience issues, mm-hmm. whether that's cannabis, um, the new abortion sort of law proposal that's sort of going through, or um, uh, euthanasia. They want a party that's going to go, look, we're against all these things, and we've got these sort of staunch Christian values holding us together. And I think there is a market for it, um, but it's all about whether um, Alfred Nara wants to do that as a, as a new party or as just a um, more conservative member of the National Party. Mm-hmm. And that's the issue I think he's sort of facing now. Um, however, because like, there's definitely still a place where it for him within National to run that hard line, like as yeah. a staunch you know, Zionist... Um, evangelical Christian man um, you don't need to be a member of a new party however if he did join with the coalition NZ um, I think it would really legitimise them a whole lot more um, but I still can't see them winning a seat or getting anywhere near 5% Yeah, I mean, it's, their issue It's interesting uh, parties as of late um, the Christian parties have always been quite um, you know Pentecostal evangelical Parties. There is a big Christian base in Aotearoa. Like there is a massive Christian base here, but um, you know they're of all different flavours. Yeah. You know, so 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 there could be your big backing, but because you know both Alfred and um, Hannah Tamaki, they're both coming from that whole um, new life. Yeah. Um, my church has got a band um, type, you know, type type thing yeah. that doesn't always um, play off well with um, tradition, more traditional yeah. uh, Anglican, um, um, you know, Presbyterian, Roman Catholic. Yeah. Um, you know, it's so it's hard. You, it's it, they don't have the big movement behind them as, as you no. might think they would. Because, like in Australia, we saw Scott Morrison really connect with voters by really talking about his faith talking about he goes to church every Sunday and then watches the rugby league in the afternoon and everyone's going, oh, yeah, I relate to that. And, mm. um, it really brought faith into the debate. And you saw Bill Shorten try to distance himself as much as possible yeah. from like Christian beliefs and Christian values, saying, oh, no, 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 I'm very much, you know, I like to like keep it out of my politics. When Scott Morrison said that's his guiding light within politics. And um, you saw a lot of voters really connect with that. And it really, I think that was one of the things that swung the Australian election. Mm. Um, but I think that, New Zealanders aren't quite as um, Christian or, I guess, 
sort of one line Christians are uh, Christian dominated and oh we New Zealanders aren't um, as Christian dominated as Australian politics yeah yeah and then Australians sort of got a very strong Catholic Church um, as well as a lot of these new age um, sort of like the Hillsong Christian group in Sydney oh, and, they're massive. yeah those those huge groups which really decided to throw their weight behind Scott Morrison mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I don't think we've got the same movement in New Zealand um, John, um, Christian parties haven't really done well in, in New Zealand, in Aotearoa. Um, I mean, you can look at, uh, of course, uh, Ratana movement has quite a bit of sway. Uh, mm. And you can look at United Future uh, as being quite, he- not, not necessarily a Christian party or one that's just purely Christian values, but, I mean, you could say that it is, you know, it's a yeah. uh, Christian coalition. It went through a Christian phase. Yeah. Uh, most, of the, most of the Christians left United Future. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. But the Christian coalition did join in with that party uh, in the uh, well, around 2000, 1999. Um, so, you know, I mean, can, can it work here? I think I think there's um, a definite base, uh, voter base, for a Christian party to do um, to get into parliament, and I think that figure is probably between say four and six percent. So, uh, if we look at the Conservative Party, uh, started by Colin Craig, um, it got four percent in the 2014 election, uh, and that was way above most of the minor parties in um, parliament that were able to get in through such as ACT through getting the electoral seat, but virtually has no support in the general election. Um, Conservative Party didn't promote itself directly as a Christian party, but as a conservative, moral-based party. Uh, and I think it was generally seen as a Christian party. And then we have had, of course, the, the Christian coalition in the late, um, mid to late 90s, which was a um, the Christian Heritage Party, uh, led by disgraced leader Graham Keppel, uh, who ended up going to prison for... Um, sexual abuse against children but nonetheless he joined up uh, with uh, National MP Graham Lee with the Christian Coalition that got 4.33% of the vote so I think that shows that um, going back to the late 90s right through to more recently that there is a basis uh, that a Christian party if it does things right has the right leadership and the seed is being broad enough it could get enough the votes to get over that 5% potentially now another um, uh, uh, I, yeah, I agree with Vivian that um, politics in Australia is quite a different situation where there is um, uh, a far more strong basis for presenting for politicians presenting themselves as strong Christians and doing well. I don't think that's the case in New Zealand for the majority of the electorate. Um, we've had um, several atheists or agnostic prime ministers now, both um, um, John Key and National, Helen Clark, and uh, now with Jacinda Ardern. Um, and, and when we do have Christian leaders such as Bill English, they very much downplay their religion. And I think they need to do that to actually have widespread popular support. But I think there's a definite basis for a Christian party or a Christian centre party getting into power as long as they can broaden out their appeal. So that's going to be the big question uh, for uh, the Tamaki-led uh, um, Christian party and Alfred Naro. And Alfred Naro has definitely indicated that he's prepared to join forces um, with Hana Tamaki, uh, possibly in the form of him forming a party and then going into mm. uh, some broad coalition uh, with Hana Tamaki's um, Christian party. So, yeah, that could be a go. And there's even talk of Hone Hawera jumping on board, and that's where they could get a seat in Te Tai Tokorau, uh, which is Hone Hawera's um, uh, former electoral seat that he has won. 
um, and if he if he aligns himself with this new Christian movement, um, that could be a seat that could get them into Parliament. That sounds like some pretty crazy talk to me. I'm going to have to look more into that. I haven't seen any of that. Mm, interesting. Yeah. And remember, <laughs> he's been backing the Destiny Church as of late. So the Destiny Church has a what they call a Man Up program, which they're trying to bring into prisons and get government funding. They're, uh, they're not getting any government funding. And Hadi Hawawera came out in firm support of their program. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I've definitely seen that. Uh, whether or not that's just um, program uh, based or the whole church, I don't know. Um, okay, so just quickly now, what would be some of the main focuses for a Christian party and uh, who could they possibly work with? Um, I can't see any of them going with anyone on the left. I think, um, well, it was interesting that Hana Tamaki um, on her TV interview presented herself as a centrist. And um, when, a, when a politician or a political leader uses that term, what they're really saying is that they can work with either of the two big parties, New Zealand Labour or National. Um, and in terms of the uh, in terms of the issues that she's pushing, that the, yes, she's talking about family values, etc. But she's very much pushing um, issues that don't directly correlate with. Um, a moral Christian point of view, so she's pushing the issue of, of immigration and of housing, and, and I would, I think, for a Christian party to do well, they have to tilt to the left economically, because the two, I guess, demographic groups that uh, a new Christian party will need to appeal to, Pacifica, definitely, uh, and um, and um, I mean, Labour uh, dominates the vote and makes Pacifica at the moment, so they've got to lean to the left uh, politically to gain that vote, and Māori as well. Um, especially, it looks like Hana Tamaki is wanting to go for the Māori seat in particular, get them back off Labour. Okay, okay. Uh, all right, let's move on to uh, Theresa May. Um, she's had, in, handed in her resignation as uh, the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom uh, and leader of the Conservative Party as well. Um, why has she done this, John? Uh, because she's failed in uh, uh, pushing through with Brexit. Uh, um, she, she devoted all her political energy in, in the last few years and, and, her, um, and her reputation on, able, on being able to um, uh, secure um, um, the UK exiting the European Union, honouring that um, um, referendum, that popular vote, where the majority of the voting electorate voted to leave the EU. And she's failed to do that. She's failed to get a majority of parliament uh, to, to back um, her deal that she came up with the European Union. Um, and so she's resigned. Mm -hmm. um, Vivian... She's pretty much handed a poison chalice, right? She either yeah. makes Brexit work and she goes down history as one of, you know, an amazing deal maker, or it doesn't work in this case, and she'll be she'll just know. be remembered as the person who couldn't get the job done. Yeah, and um, I always thought it was a big mistake having a Remain supporter um, as the leader <laughs> of the Conservative Party and the Prime Minister. And I think what we saw was her trying to get the softest Brexit deal they possibly could, mm -hmm. um, and it was just sort of. Now it's been about three years of just, or two and, two and a bit years of just not, not a lot happening. Um, and now finally, I think, um, yeah, we might see someone come in and just go, look, bugger it, we just need to leave. We don't care, this is the deal we've got. If we don't support it, oh well, we'll just go for a no-deal Brexit. And um, I think that's probably what's going to happen now. It's not the best for the UK economically, mm. but 
that socially <laughs> is the argument that socially this is what the British people wanted. They just didn't want to be a part of Europe. Yeah. They don't care if it's economically terrible. They just don't want to be, you know, socially associated anymore. Um, but who's going to do that, I guess? Yeah, who is going to do that? It's going to be interesting. It's funny how, like, yeah, they've got to remain person. And, and it, may, it reminds yeah. me of the American um, Civil War. And the head of the South was actually, he, he was against slavery. Yeah. And he didn't want to go to war. <laughs> no. <laughs> and they put him, and that was, like, and then they put him in that seat after the war had started. It was, and he was the first and only president. Of, I can't of the remember. The Confederate. His, yeah. yeah. I can't remember his name, but why do they do this? Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I mean, that's it. It's going to be a no deal or no Brexit now, isn't it, John? There's, well, there's, no, there's no two ways about it. Yeah, um, uh, absolutely. So, uh, I mean, you. You might get, like, in a, uh, on the face of a hardcore Brexiter and as the next leader, say, Boris Johnson. Uh, but that doesn't mean that he can win over the majority of Parliament to vote for a deal. Um, and uh, if, a, if, a, if a deal can't be secured uh, on the British side, in terms of British Parliament backing a deal, then the European Union eventually might just say, well, stuff you, we're not going to keep extending the date, uh, and um, we'll just force... Um, um, Britain to exit uh, so that would be a no deal Brexit um, and I think that's more than likely at the moment um, uh, depending on who you get as leader of the Conservatives um, it might lead to a new election um, um, who knows how it's going to play out but it, it's, it's, it's all a bit of a disaster from Britain's point of view and um, and yeah. I, I guess the one thing I'd say about Theresa May, yeah, she gets a lot of flack uh, and she, she ultimately has failed uh, in her leadership. Um, but she did actually, she, she actually stood up and said, OK, I'm not, I'm not pro-Brexit, I'm a Remainer, but I'm prepared to push through with the Democrats a decision that's been made by the British public. Um, and if we, if we look at the on the Labour side with Jeremy Corbyn, um, the, 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 they're very wishy-washy over the whole issue. So they're, uh, ostensibly they're for um, backing Brexit because that dis- Democrats' decision was made, but now they're talking about a second referendum as well. So at least Theresa May was actually, despite her own personal views and political views, she was actually prepared to push through with this Democratic decision that had been made. Yeah, I feel sorry for Theresa May, to be honest. Mm. I really do. She could have been a great Prime Minister if this... Yeah, at a different time. Yeah. If Brexit didn't happen, she would have been great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but who, uh, who's lining up, Vivian? Have you had a look at the, the players? Yeah, well, it's interesting to see Boris Johnson back in the mix. Yeah, um, wow. It's exciting to um, have a, another... Oh, God. Like, he'll be <laughs> a, another sort of big, blonde-haired buffoon, I guess, and yeah. that'll be quite fitting, I think, for the UK right now, and that'll fit in right with the US. Um, but uh, looking at the different people, there's Michael Cove, who's <laughs> back in the mixer, and if you look him up on, um, just look him up on Wikipedia and look at his photo, I think that sums him up. <laughs> um, but you've also got people like Dominic Raab, who are throwing their hat in the mix, and he's the guy who was the Brexit sec- secretary who got no concessions from the EU, so how the how the heck's he supposed to be a good leader? Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I think it's time for maybe someone a little bit more out of it, a little bit more left of field to come in, because... I think they've got an opportunity now, if they called a general election, um, if they got a new strong leader, they could either, you know, really reaffirm their majority or completely rid themselves of having to deal with it and hand it over to Labour, who are currently led by Jeremy Corbyn. So, I don't know. The new leader's got a really tough decision to make. I think as soon as they become the leader, they've got to either 
call a no Brexit deal, we're done. Yeah. Bail out or call a general election. That's the first decision they've got to make. Yeah. We'll see what's going to happen. I'm not 100% sure who's going to take it. Um, the money's probably going to be on Boris Johnson. Oh, wow. Finally being the Prime Minister. I think he'll be Prime Minister for probably under a year. Yep. And then, um, yeah, we'll go from there. I don't think uh, he cares. Knows? He just wants to be in 10 Dowling Street. He just wants to be the Prime Minister. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't really care how he become the, becomes the Prime Minister or whether he's liked or not. He just wants to yeah. ha- have that on his CV. Oh, it'd be so interesting if one of the most loathed man's men in, in Britain becomes the Prime Minister. Because yeah. surely he has no chance of winning an election. I know, because I can't believe he was the Mayor of London looking back on it. I just think of the video clip of him um, running the, over the top of a poor, um, tiny wee child and they're doing a demonstration yeah. for the 2015 World Cup. Amazing. And then losing control of a jetpack over the Thames. Like, this guy's in, like, <laughs> just ridiculous. Oh. Uh, either way, I mean, yeah. I, I, for one, John, I don't think I, I don't understand why anyone would, is going for that role. Well, yeah, I guess uh, um, uh, by becoming the Conservative Party leader, you automatically become uh, Prime Minister. So yeah. <laughs> that's uh, a lot of power, uh, a lot of status, uh, but of course with a, a very hard task uh, to actually get Brexit implemented. So um, anyone who takes on that role might not have that role for very long. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I think um, because the, the general party membership of the Conservative Party gets to vote, uh, gets to have a, a major say in who is leader of the Conservatives, I think it will, uh, um, it, it, anyone who gets in will have to present themselves as being firmly for Brexit. So I don't think any of the Remainers, uh, even though they say they will, such as Theresa May did, said she would, would honour the Democratic decision, I think it has to be someone who's, who's um, who's consistently stood on a Brexit um, platform. So that could well be um, Boris Johnson. Uh, and if, um, um, and he, he's calling for, uh, if it comes down to it, a no-deal Brexit. Uh, so he's prepared to push that through, which uh, Theresa May was very hesitant about, uh, went out of her way to, to continuously negotiate with the EU. Um, but... Yeah, if uh, the EU aren't prepared to make any more compromises, uh, then maybe the general membership will put someone like Boris Johnson into the leadership position uh, because he's saying, um, um, regardless of what's uh, happened, regardless of what the EU says, uh, regardless of what Parliament, um, uh, what the consensus is in the British Parliament, I'm going to push through with Brexit in mm-hmm. any form. All right. Well, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you very much, John. Thank you, Vivian. Interesting to see what comes out of this. I think who last days on the 31st, so the end of the week. Exciting times. That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.